In case number 16-1423, Ortiz versus United States, Justice Kagan has the opinion of the Court. This case raises two issues, one jurisdictional and one substantive, about the military justice system. The petitioner here, Kanu Ortiz, was an airman first class who was convicted by a court-martial for distributing pornography. He took an appeal, and the Air Force Appeals Court upheld his conviction. He then went to the highest court in the military justice system, which is called the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces, or the CAF. He argued that he was entitled to a new appeal because one of the judges on the Air Force Appeals Court served simultaneously on the Court of Military Commission Review, which is a separate court that reviews decisions from Guantanamo Bay. Ortiz argued that both the statute and the Constitution barred that dual service. The CAF rejected that argument, and we thought the question important enough to grant certiorari. So that's the substantive issue. After we took the case, an amicus curiae, Professor Aditya Bamzai, raised the jurisdictional issue, whether this court can review the CAF's decisions at all. A federal statute gives us authority to do so. But Professor Bamzai argued that the Constitution prohibits it. Except for a tiny number of cases not relevant here, the Constitution gives this court only appellate jurisdiction. And Professor Bamzai argued that our appellate jurisdiction doesn't cover cases coming from the CAF. We spend quite a lot of our opinion addressing that argument. Early in our, opi- early in our history, Chief Justice John Marshall in Marbury v. Madison addressed the scope of our appellate jurisdiction. Maybe some of you remember Marbury. James Madison, then acting as President Jefferson's Secretary of State, refused to deliver a commission to William Marbury to allow him to become a Justice of the Peace because Marbury had been appointed by John Adams. Marbury brought a case directly to this court, saying he was entitled to the commission. The court refused to hear the case, even though a statute would have allowed it. Chief Justice Marshall explained that under the Constitution, the court can only, and I'm quoting here, revise and correct the proceedings in a case already instituted. Marbury was skirting that requirement by bringing his case to the Supreme Court first, rather than to a lower court whose decision the Supreme Court could then review. Now, this case doesn't look much like Marbury. Here, the case went through the entire court-martial system, from the court-martial itself, that's the trial, to the Air Force Court of Appeals, to the CAF. And we're being asked to review the CAF's decision in the same way we'd review the decision of a state Supreme Court or a federal court of appeals. But Bamzai says military courts are different. And that's because whatever they're called and however they act, military courts aren't Article III courts. Instead, they're located within the executive branch along with the rest of the armed forces. So Bamzai says when we review their decisions, It's just as if we're reviewing James Madison's actions directly. In both cases, he says, we're reviewing what executive officials have done without another Article III court looking at it first. We reject that argument for a number of reasons taken together. First, we discuss the judicial character of military courts. They aren't simply appendages of military commanders, They are courts, as you and I and most people understand those institutions. Their jurisdiction is similar to state courts. They mete out the same kinds of punishments, including the death penalty. 
There's a system of appeals and review. Everything is done according to law. The procedural protections given to defendants are virtually identical as in civilian courts, and so forth. Second, we discuss the history of military courts and the way they are explicitly rooted in the Constitution. Courts martial, in fact, preceded the Constitution. They were explicitly recognized in that document, and they were authorized by the First Congress under a sweeping constitutional grant of power to regulate the armed forces. And third, we note the many times in our precedent that we've drawn connections among military courts, territorial courts, and the District of Columbia courts. Territorial and D.C. courts are also not Article III courts, but we've held that the constitutional text and history allows them to adjudicate cases and allows us to review their decisions. We think military courts are no different, that they're far more like territorial and D.C. courts than they are like James Madison. We therefore hold that we can review the CAF's decisions, but we thank Professor Bomsai for his argument, as I hope readers of today's decision will agree when they read all the opinions in this case, including a concurrence and a dissent, Professor Bamzai provoked some good and hard thinking on all sides. Now that finally brings us back to the substantive issue in the case, which you've doubtless forgotten by now. But at any rate, you know that we're allowed to decide it. The substantive issue was whether a military judge could serve on the Air Force Court of Appeals and the Court of Military Commission review at the same time. We think he could. As we read the relevant statutes, Congress specifically authorized the kind of joint appointment made here. And contrary to Ortiz's argument, the Appointments Clause of the Constitution does not impose any rules against this kind of dual service. We therefore affirm the decision below. Justice Thomas has filed a concurring opinion. Justice Alito has filed a dissenting opinion in which Justice Gorsuch joins. One last note. We granted two cases along with Ortiz's. Case number 16961, Dalmazi v. United States, and case number 161017, Cox v. United States. Those cases raise issues of statutory jurisdiction that our substantive ruling today makes it unnecessary to resolve. No matter how we came out on those jurisdictional issues, the petitioners in those cases could not prevail. Accordingly, in Dalmazi and Cox, the writs of certiorari are dismissed as improvidently granted.